Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. That sound can only mean one thing. We're about to kick off spooky season with a rip-roaring franchise. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Normies Like Us. Chainsaw Massacre. I got a real good eye for prime meat. I wish you'd come and taste. I've got a mind to slit your ah. goddamn throat. Shit, I just killed the whole fucking sheriff's department. I changed my mind, actually. I'll move here with you. <laughs> Fuck off. You heard it up top. It is... That spooky time of year where we are about to dive in and talk all things horror uh, here on Normies Like Us when we talk about something especially spooky this week. That's right. We're kicking things off with the OG. That's right. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, um, I guess, Sheriff Colin. Uh, I guess I'll be... um Micah Daya Sawyer. Okay. I was playing like Mike Etherface in my head. Ah, Mike Etherface. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's really only two characters in this franchise yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. But um, yeah, Texas Chainsaw. So, I mean, Woo. I'm excited about it. Uh, as you said, it's kind of the OG. I mean, this this predates Halloween. You know, this is four years or three years before Halloween. So it yeah, is kind of one of the innovators. And obviously a lot of the legacy of it is movies like The Hills Have Eyes and Wrong Turn and kind of that whole genre of uh, wrong place in the wrong time. You know, this this set that up. Uh, and it's an interesting franchise. Uh, but I want to ask your history with it. You know, have you seen all mm. these? Have you seen some of them? And we're just going to kind of be doing generalities today, everybody. You know, now, Mike... <laughs> You know, uh, again, spooky season. We've done the classics on this podcast. Like you just said, we've talked Halloween. We've we've talked Mm -hmm. uh, Friday the 13th. And Texas Chainsaw. We talked Freddy. Texas Chainsaw was never really my bag, man. I, I was thinking about it prior to this episode. I think the only ones I had ever really seen before were the first one, the second, and 3D. And we'll talk more about what I watched for this one. I, I've had a little more exposure here, but I know this was kind of your bag, dude. And like when we were talking like Halloween stuff or episodes, mm-hmm. you have pitched in the past. Let's do a Leatherface, right? You you love this. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always kind of had an affinity for this. I think it was some of the earliest horror movies I got into. Um, you know, we had a you know projector like on the wall of the living room, and we would just do these double features: a Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Two, and Wow. Those are my favorite, right? I had never, honestly, though, I saw the reboot, um, which I thought think is fine. We'll get into it. But I had never seen the rest of the films in this franchise. And it is a little uneven, and we'll get into it. But I think the first two are, are, are incredible, and, you know. Um, you know. Big but, affinity. It, and again, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. As far as franchises go, Mike, there are some kind of daring takes and stuff. They they kind of take some leaps. So it's going to be interesting to talk about it. But just again, yes. like as far as like Icon or whatever, I want to say Leatherface is closer to the pinhead, wink, wink, that might be a hint for another episode we talk about, mm-hmm. or the Chucky of it all, where it's like, he's not Jason, he's not Michael, he's not Freddy. 
You know, he's yeah. one of these ones on the sides, even though he's kind of like the king. It, it, the argument can be made, right? Like, yeah. as the OG, the originator, but the franchise itself, yeah, it doesn't have this legacy the way that Halloween does or Freddy or Chucky, right? For some reason, yeah. I never grew up with people recommending me the sequels or any of the ones no. that weren't the first two. And, you know, the reboot, I think, is fine and we'll get there, but... A lot of films in this franchise, and there's nine now. We had the new one in 22 come out. Um, they're a little weird, but they're also we had kind one of come fascinating. Out this year, Mike. Yeah, we had one yeah, come I out mean, this it's, year. <laughs> it's it's like it's kind of never gone away. And again, we'll just keep saying we'll get there because that's the catchphrase yeah, for this episode. Well, but well, I want to before we do. Yes, I yes. ask you a key question, Mike. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used a chainsaw? Ha! Huh. No. <laughs> I, I haven't used I a chainsaw. I've been. I've I had the opportunity. I'm scared. I've really used, to cut some stuff. My dad had a um, a dump truck that was jacked up so the rear axle would spin, and off of the axle was a three and a half foot saw blade, and we would cut logs on what we called the truck saw. Um, decidedly Leatherface <laughs> type uh, of machination. Well, I, think, I think you're describing the vehicle the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> use to go on adventures. Basically, yeah. So not a chainsaw, but I have used a truck saw. Um, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have video. I got, I got the receipts. But uh, uh, wow. you did find for us a very interesting, I think, useful image online, mm. which is showing what timelines which movies constitute. So there's three primary timelines, and I think we're just going to kind of go in timeline let's do it. order as we do this. So let's... Uh, Hell yeah. I'm revved up. Let's let's get into... Uh, <laughs> let's rip it, dude. Let's let's use this chainsaw right now and get talking. Rip. The Texas Chain Space Saw Massacre. Coming up. Nice. <laughs> I'll have to send you the truck saw video. That's we're entering hot tub monkey territory where you just think that's a real thing. I don't know, Doc. Yeah, I don't know. My dad also has a uh, a very old like winter jacket he wears when he goes to work, like in the woodshed and cut logs and shit. And it's torn to like it's like a grave digger jacket. It looks he looks like a madman because he will sure. not replace it. It's just all tattered. It's wild stuff, but uh. Texas Chainsaw. Let's see. That's a good segue to bring it back, right? That's a great segue to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're here. We're talking. We're going to talk the franchise. But first, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the sort of the film that kicked it off. Uh, yep. An independent film, uh, as we talked about Halloween sort of being the same thing. But prior mm-hmm. to Halloween, as we've been saying, you've got this. You've got Toby Hooper, you know, getting a camera together and a small crew and going, I just want to make something fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot of talk, Mike, about the Ed Gaines serial killings that like maybe they're based on that. Toby Hooper's gone on to say like, no, it's it was really just sort of like about like the oppression of fascism in Texas. And baby, this movie's wild, Mike. I mean, it's, it's one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I literally finished this again 20 minutes before we recorded. So over the past Three days, I watched all nine Texas Chainsaw movies, starting with the ones I hadn't seen. Then Too many. And then finishing, right, on the classic, because I wanted to have that um, that be the last note, right? So, having seen it recently, it's it's incredible. It's 
shocking, like the craft, the cinematography. It, there's something about bringing horror in the daylight, the way that Halloween brought oh horror God. into a regular neighborhood. Like there's something special here. Um, for sure. And um, I mean, when was the last time you'd seen the original? And like, how do you feel about it? It'd been a long time. Again, not being one of my big ones. I think there's kind of a vibe and energy that people prescribe to this where they go like, that movie is fucking dirty. Mm-hmm. That movie is fucking gross. It looks real and raunchy. It's kind of like a Hannibal or a Hannibal, uh, Holocaust can't Cannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. Holocaust. Yeah, it's yeah, almost you know, like this a sort of documentary voyeur vibe almost. Too true, too real. And it turns me off so hardcore, Mike, that I think that's the hard entry point for me into this series. Mm. And the other thing, to go back to the chainsaw of it all, like if Freddy gets me with his little claws or if Michael gets me with the butcher knife or Jason hits me with the machete, Mike, I feel like I could maybe walk away from that. The fucking chainsaw gets you. It mauls whatever it gets. Like, it's just like, you're just, it's gone. Yeah, there's something visceral about this movie, and the chainsaw included. But yeah, the presentation kind of, yeah, it's muggy. It's uncomfortable. It's it's extremely uncomfortable. Um, yes. And it does, it feels hot, sweaty. The production was hot and sweaty. Like, it, it is not pleasant, and it is... It's incredible. And even like... It's incredible. Yeah. And like spoilers for all these movies, you know, this is 1974, yes. but kind of the, the setup and payoff where, you know, the hitchhiker and then the cook and then Leatherface. And then it turns out all of those three characters are connected, right? Like when she thinks she escapes and then the cook is like, oh yeah, it's going to be all right. And then hits her with a broom and then, man, man, what, what a fucking scenario. Maybe hadn't seen it since college. So first time in adult life, 33-year-old man here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since college. Yeah. Watching this and I'm going like, it's so progressive. I don't remember any of these characters, but the particular standout, the brother in the wheelchair, of course. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just watching it and I'm going like, this is so interesting. It's telling these stories of like these outsider people even then sort of being oppressed by the state of Texas, essentially. Right. They, yeah. they, the meat packing jobs are gone and, and yeah, it's, making it's, our own. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about like displacement and like going from the nuclear family, you know, and then now we're in the Vietnam era and American yes. values are changing and in flux and the gas shortage plays into this. Like they cannot get gasoline. They have to wait for the shipment of gasoline. That's why they get stranded. So the the movie is about a lot of things. It's not it has social commentary, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's not shallow. I'm very impressed how much social commentary it has again to go to how much other films steal from it when they sort of just start going like, whoa, this is like a genre we can do. I don't know if you saw this article recently. Ridley Scott was like the first alien movie that was like based on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. Like I was blown away by that film. I just wanted to recreate it or whatever. Right. I see that line so clearly now. I cannot believe it. (laughs) It does make sense. But the legacy of these other things sort of not inheriting the social commentary of it and instead just being like, Well, it's like all about the chills and thrills, baby. But this film, like, again, to go against what your preconceived notions are, if you are like me, where you're just like, it's just like a dirty, gross movie. Like, like you just said, the progression of those characters we meet, the hitchhiker thing is its own fucking scary slow burn, too. Yeah. And then halfway through, you're like, I, you know, this is a slasher film. 
everyone's still alive pretty much. I, I really don't understand. Then it ramps up and it kind of all happens at once and you're kind of like, oh, okay. And then the slasher movie's over and the rest of the film is a survivor dealing with the fallout of a slasher movie and trying to escape from one. And that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is wild. And the the sad thing about the franchise, I think, is the lack of depth and commentary. Right. But yeah, the, the setup of this thing and, and the slow burn, like what Sally goes through, it's nuts, you know. And then the, how quickly Leatherface, we haven't even talked about Leatherface in this movie, because that's the thing with this franchise, too. It's not about Leatherface, right? It's about all of the family, right? And this, yeah. it's just wild the way they're all connected. And Leatherface comes out of nowhere with that hammer. Not a lot of blood. He just twitches his feet. Like, it's disturbing without being gory, you know? And yeah. um, it just happens. There's no music cue. It just, he shows up and two people are dead now, right? No yeah. circumstance, no buildup. And it's like, sometimes wrong place, wrong time. And that's terrifying, you know? And things have been scary before that. But this this heightened moment of violence, what it leads to. And the dinner scene. It's wild. Oh, I mean, it's just One of the most iconic the scenes in horror is that dinner scene, you know? And the production design is crazy. There's an She's sitting in an armchair. The arms are arms, human arms. It's wild. Yep. They got a little light bulb and a skeleton, you know, like. Yeah. It, the production design is insane and very real. Like they had, it was very stinky carcasses, right? But it, yeah, it of course. feels real because it is. Like it feels gross. It feels bad. <sighs> um, so Texas Chainsaw 1, absolutely incredible. I mean, the ending when yes. she's in the truck. You know, Jesse breaking bad, just laughing, screaming, yes. traumatized, right? It, it's so affecting and the performances are so raw and there, there's nothing like this in the franchise besides this. So it's, I consider this required horror viewing, but it's really yeah. unlike anything else in the franchise. Nothing it, pulls yeah. the strings like this. No, and like you said, the interest in the Leatherface versus the family is kind of an argument the next eight films are going to kind of internally have with themselves. Yeah, so. yeah, because obviously he's iconic. He's on the poster. He's got the well, chainsaw and he wears a people's it, faces. He has like three different masks in this And movie. the makeup. I forgot about that this time watching where I'm like, oh, Leatherface is like an early trans character, I guess. Like I wouldn't want to like give that because obviously nobody wants to be associated with Leatherface, but right. it, it kind of is. And you're like, this is interesting for some kind of p- re- yeah. reason, I'm sure. Yeah. He's got the, the killing mask, the, the pretty woman mask and the old woman mask. So he has two female yeah. masks, which might be, you know, a slight Ed Gein nod because he would do bad things with people's skin and psycho i would assume too you know the yeah. original slasher quote unquote and there I, was I furniture made of bones nods. and stuff with ed gein's house so there's a little bit of that but the movie's not about that like we said it's it's about no. disenfranchisement and the middle class and the weirdos right like what lengths they would go to to whatever you know survive right even yeah. if it's an insane motivation um yeah. so it's it's just special and, you know, like Resident Evil 7 is this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's a standout. Yeah, it's incredible. Like it captures this tone of the weird family. And that's 100 percent. There's a dinner scene that's like a complete ripoff of this. But and a lot of these movies have a, a obligatory dinner scene. 
none are better than this. You know, nothing will ever be. Um, so yeah, the acting, the tone, this is everything. Um, unfortunately, none of the other movies get there. S- similar to well, Halloween, you know, there's value, <laughs> however, in some of these. Other Absolutely. Movies. And we're not done talking about this. One. We can talk mm-hmm. about it throughout because of the, the influence it, it has. And like you said, well, and the timeline to keep going. This one's tied to the first one. This one's tied to the first one. Mm-hmm. But let's jump to the second one because yes. I want to I want to say, Mike, please, that this film released I think 10 years later or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, directed by Toby Hooper. 12 years right? later. 12 years later. <laughs> same he director, had a, yeah. Same director. He had had a huge contract with Canon Film Group, a, a, a film people I love. I got a You're He-Man poster on my wall. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Mike, we're big fans of Canon. Yep, yep. <laughs> now, this is... He, he had done Life Force. I, have you ever seen any other Toby Hooper movies, Mike? Do you kind of no. like him as a director? I, I've, I've just been in the Chainsaw-verse with Toby Hooper, so not it's, familiar with his other work. Yeah, Poltergeist, obviously oh. the classics. Like, we, we know that, the, mm-hmm. the other big ones. But, like, the canon films he made, like Life Force, which is about naked vampires, and Jean-Luc Picard, our favorite hey. uh, captain, comes at the end and it's like, oh, I'll seduce her. And you're like, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> nice. Watch it. Please watch it. Now... When he's done making those films, to fulfill the end of his canon contract, the thing that Menachem Golan, the man who runs that studio, wanted him for was obviously, you you did Texas Chainsaw. That's the biggest thing on the planet. Halloween's the biggest thing mm-hmm. on the planet. This is a moneymaker. Make another Texas Chainsaw. Okay. I'm Toby Hooper. I'll finally do it. And... The film that comes out, Mike. Mm-hmm. Now, you said you would marathon these two back-to-back because I am shocked as a purist lover of this franchise that you wouldn't rebel against what we get here. Yeah, yeah. So, we just talked about the depressing tone and the perfect atmosphere of this original film. And then we just get a goofy <laughs> black comedy. Now, imagine the film <laughs> Airplane. Is the sequel to, like, a movie about actual plane crashes. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would sort of be the equivalent. No, it's it's wild. The tone shifts dramatically. Um, and I and think it is good. It's amazing. I, I would argue, this is my hot take here, this is probably the best horror sequel that's ever been made. Wow. <laughs> now, you are just saying that based on... Uh, films that have sword fights involving chainsaws. I'm saying that based on my my Aiken banana, if you catch my drift. But, but what I'm saying is we get the, yeah. a returning director and he takes another stab, let's say. It's something that he already gave Genesis to. And I think he's completely successful. It's completely different, but I think it's completely successful in what it's trying to do. And because we get the same director, Carpenter never did another Halloween. You know what I mean? It, it would be like if Aliens was directed by Ridley Scott because of the huge tone shift. But like you're saying, he didn't have the no, he didn't do that. Nobody did that. Yeah, nobody does Toby that. Toby Hooper did it. And I think it's great. That's why I would argue it's, it's probably crazy. the best horror sequel that's ever been made because it stands on its own. Yeah. All the Halloween movies need to be like with another Halloween movie to have make sense more or less, right? Jason, like I guess some of them stand on their own, but like this is just its own thing, and it, it, it is completely independent, even though the original is a classic. This has total merit, and I, I absolutely love it, you know? And so we're talking about ridiculous. You get Dennis Hopper. He, uh, he knew the kids who got traumatized in the first one, so he's hunting down Leatherface and his family. 
but he ends up getting in a chainsaw sword fight with Leatherface. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Now, I had heard on another podcast someone white knighting this film, being like, hmm. people don't know about it. You have to see it. You have to see it. So mm-hmm. I, had, I had maybe seen this for the first time like five years ago, maybe, Mike. Oh, wow. And it, I mean, the delight. It, it's, and like you said, I, I probably hadn't watched the first one in six or seven years prior to, to the seeing number two. Yeah. And just like to anybody listening, Again, it's like our Karate Kid Part 3 where you just find this thing you didn't know existed. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> If you're not watching this, if you're not going to watch any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, go to a party, put the second one on in the mm-hmm. background. It will make you so – you will just see Dennis Hopper in black mirrored glasses driving around like a maniac, not saying any lines or anything. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see characters called Chop Top. And, um, you know, Gramps or who, who are some of the well, other Well, we get Drayton Sawyer. We get the names of our characters now. Yes, so that, yes. You know, we the get the family. Is, yes, and we, we didn't even know what their name was. We know we have the Sawyers, so we have Drayton yeah. Sawyer. He's the cook. And what he's been doing is winning chili contests by cooking oh. human meat and putting it in his chili. Getting blue ribbons. It's yeah. so funny. So that's funny. their grift. They, they kill people, they turn them into meat, and then win chili contests. So that's how they sustain, that's how they keep the lights on. So Chop yeah. Top and Leatherface go get the bodies. Usually it's ne'er-do-wells who don't like Texas or something, you know, you know yeah. from around here kind of types, yeah, out-of-towners. And then that's the grift. So Chop Top is a version of the hitchhiker. They're not really the same character, but he's got a metal plate in his head. He's like a Vietnam vet. In my head yeah. canon, I just consider, yeah, yeah, he's, that's the hitchhiker, whatever. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I and then say. we have Leatherface. Um who is still kind of like a man child. He's abused by the family. He just kind of does things because they tell him to, you know, he's kind of, kind of a big baby. Um, and then uh, radio DJ, she gets the call uh, during a murder and then airs it. And then they want to hunt her down. It's a, it's a whole thing. So she's on the run. <laughs> she's, she's on the run. They come to the radio station, which is an incredible sequence. <laughs> when Chop Shop shows up in his little wig, he's like, Oh, I'm a big fan. You know, and yeah. this whole thing with the, the um, the ice, you know, that she's hiding in the cooler from Leatherface and that whole, like, what is this psychosexual situation yes. happening, right? He kind of gets a crush on her, so Leatherface lets her live. It's it's wild, but also scary. Like, when I first saw it, there's a lot uh, of tension in that scene, even though there's yes. some laughs, too. It's very funny, but the real Toby Hooper is still here. And again, yeah. not that this isn't the real Toby Hooper. Like, this is the stuff he... Sh- should I say this to you, Mike? Mm. Notorious pothead. Like, oh. supposedly... Spielberg would step in for some poltergeist stuff because like <laughs> Toby Hooper was just like blazed. Nice. Mind. Nice. And that's like great, man. It's like whatever. Have you ever seen have you ever seen Fun House, his other horror one that's like a Frankenstein monster? No. I'm uh, gonna have to do it to some add Toby all Hooper these homework. to your list. Yeah. They're all bad compared to these two films. Gotcha. But interesting. Yeah, no, but I think this one it, it's it's absolutely incredible. You know, and there's still some social commentary with the yuppies in the beginning and they're shooting signs that are like the Alamo, Whoa. like Texas landmarks. They're shooting all these yeah, Texas the landmarks. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, Vietnam, uh, you know, he's saying I'm having a flashback chop top, even though it's a comedy. He's talking about like his experience <laughs> in Vietnam. He has it's a metal crazy. plate in his head. It's wild. So it's wild. We're, we're in what is the main primary timeline, right? And unfortunately, yes. if I said definitely watch anything i would stop here not completely right but like yeah 
things get pretty rough for the next, let's say, 20 years of Texas Chainsaw history. (laughs) There's some up and downs. Now, Normies, let's jump to the third one here. But interestingly, we are still in the same timeline. But even though this one calls itself the third one, it's really kind of like... Fuck that second one again. The first one's the only one that matters. Yeah, this is where we start to get into the issue of Leatherface being more important than anything else almost in the franchise. Because if it's the same timeline, like, okay, Chop Top was slightly different than The Hitchhiker, but I can like, eh, maybe it's whatever, right? I buy in. Toby Hooper, just we're going to turn everything to 11. Fuck it. Then this is like, well, now we have Viggo Mortensen. And yeah. like six other hillbillies that he lives with, and they're all like yeah. on a grift, and it's like, who are these people? I'm I'm into the Sawyers. This well, doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. And truly, to your point, this one is called Leatherface: yes. colon, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. So they are. That's the intent is to double. Yeah. Them. So we get a bunch of new characters that I don't really care for. I think the plot is not good in this. Um, there is one good scene. I don't know if you saw this one, Colin. I, I did not watch this one. Don't. Um, I've never seen it. No, this is one I would say skip for sure. Um, unless you want to see Viggo Mortensen being weird, but it's not great. I was shocked when you said he was in it. Yeah, yeah. But the next one has Matthew McConaughey. We'll get there. And it's yes. kind of the same thing as this, but actually better. So Texas Chainsaw 3, it's shot in California and it shows that's a negative. Like you can tell a California mountain versus in Texas. So that's points off. But they do have... We'll uh, be talking about this for the rest of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we have Ken Forey in this, though. He's the guy from uh, Dawn of the Dead, the big horror icon guy. He's, he's in this as like a survivalist who helps him fight Leatherface. But during his fight with Leatherface, he disarms the chainsaw from Leatherface, at which point Leatherface produces a rotary tool, a Dremel... <laughs> And Dremel's Ken Forey. You think he wasn't ready to fucking lose the big boy? You know, I got that thing on me, you know, just in case. Yeah. So you get Leatherface using a Dremel. And this is like, they're turning him into Jason. Like, he's more aggressive. He's not like, he's not this abused kind of dog. And Canon Group sold this off immediately after the second, even Mm. though they had a three picture, I think a deal to get like three more Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. But they were like, this is bullshit. Sold it to Lionsgate, who I think immediately were to what you're saying, Mike, going like, turn him into a fucking unstoppable killing monster. Just Jason thing. That's with what a makes those other fucking things work. Yes. Yeah. And that is a, a weakness here for sure. And it's just uh, the new characters are too messy. The hero, there's like a couple that's driving from, I don't know, Seattle to Florida or whatever. They're not that interesting either. Um, so I'd say this one is definitely a skip. Um for sure. Oh, shout out though, Kane Hodder, one of everyone's favorite Jason actors. He did kind of the stunt coordination of this, but they literally got Jason because they're trying to do that. You know what I mean? I can't stand Kane Hodder. No bullshit. I don't know. Like no. I like him being Jason. I don't know anything about him personally, but I'm a Derek Mears man. Okay, on, baby. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Leatherface has no continuity, so I'll just stick That's, with uh, Gunnar Hansen. There's no big hero character for or, or star for this. Just Gunnar Hansen. I think he's the original, and I think people always obviously the original movie is the strongest, but Gunnar Hansen only did the original, so it's different every time. Um, but let's go to four, aka Texas get a little Chainsaw. Country fried. Yeah, next generation. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. One? All right, Mike. All right. Yeah. All now right. this one, you you sent me. <laughs> yeah. Look at what this asshole is doing. Mm-hmm. Or so, it's something to that effect. That look, he's only got one move. Or whatever yeah. Yeah. And literally him walking in and going, 
All right, all right, all right. Yep. And I searched <laughs> for it, legs. saw that it wasn't on anything that I have fucking streaming out of the million things I have, jumped on the old mm-hmm. ICs to watch this bad boy. Yep. And I had such a fucking good time, man. This one is fun as hell. So what do you think some of the merits are of this one? I've been kind of dominating this here. You lead for I well TNG. So- <laughs> This was <laughs> Texas Chainsaw TNG. It was going to be called Return of the much. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to be fair. Yeah. It's like we're getting back to the roots and on that Jason shit. But yeah. And again, it's not super acknowledging anything I would imagine that happened in the third one. It's again kind of just a sequel to the first, but calling itself like the fourth Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Like, you wonder why they had to do that. But um, made at a time. Where Matthew McConaughey and then, of course, our actual lead, Renee Zellweger, Crazy. were not known at all. Mm-hmm. And they released it immediately, capitalizing on their names that they were stars because I think they had some sort of huge hit that had come out uh, prior to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is a luck of casting. I think it is pretty good what Renee Zellweger is doing in this movie and that she's kind of a good final girl. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think this one really surprised me and I'd not seen it. And, and I um, it's hard to watch this franchise because it's not on anything like HBO has just number two and three. They're like they're, they're all yeah, over. I don't know. You, you can watch the first one for free with ads on Amazon. But anyway, uh, yeah. this one is worth seeking out. I think it's, it's very campy. It's shot in Texas. I saw an H-E-B in the background, which is a big chain <laughs> kind of grocery store out there. So, all right, confirmed. Okay. But it is, it's very campy, um, but it has probably the second best dinner scene. Well, not third, because the second movie has the second best dinner scene. Again, it's packed. It's packed, and it does what the third movie did, which is add a bunch of new family members, but it it does it better, and they're more, yeah. they, they kind of have more personality between the lady who's gaslighting everybody, who's Matthew McConaughey's girlfriend. Yeah. Why are you a part of it? It's, 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 it's really disturbing. I think especially that end dinner scene with Renee Zellweger and her friend and everything happening there with Matthew McConaughey and, and shoot me with the gun. Like there's so much wild shit happening. Matthew McConaughey is unhinged. Renee Zellweger is doing great. I don't know why you climb up an antenna and then across a wire instead of down off the roof. But we get a very weird roof chase like uh, in the Halloween sequels. So I, I think this has a lot of merit and it's very campy. There's like an Illuminati it- plot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like five. I don't know which Friday the 13th it is that has um, Corey Feldman or mm-hmm. Corey Haim. I also don't know which Corey one of the Corey's, is, but uh, one of the Corey's. Yeah. Uh, but it has that same campy edge to me, Mike, not just because that takes place at camp. But what you're saying of, again, it's a good enough cast. All these people seem like they're having a blast. I just love this idea of like Matthew McConaughey's kids on Halloween being like, can we put on a horror movie? He's like, I was in a horror movie. I'm, I think I was right, pretty all good. Right, all right. And just like sitting back and like putting it on and being like, oh, yeah, I remember making this. This was a hoot. Yeah, he's got like a robot leg. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and it it is pretty disturbing, too. Like the kind of this back and forth abuse with, you know, with his the whole family is dysfunctional. But like the way his girlfriend, like there's a lot of disturbing stuff here. Yeah. And there is, you know, maybe a little bit of commentary happening, too, there. But um, yeah, Leatherface is a little bit different. He's more maybe transcoded, which warning filmmakers don't. Don't always make trans people villains. Yeah. I don't think it, it doesn't read hard, though. Like, that's not the point no. of the character. So we're cool. No, it actually kind of seems sympathetic in this. 
and I think Leatherface is best when he's played sympathetic. Yes. Like, he is just the weapon. Like, he yes. has no agency. He's just he, underdeveloped and bullied his whole life by his family. He has that thing, Mike, that we've talked about with Jason in the past, where I love the Friday the 13th films, but he, as a figure, can't be my kind of hero because I'm like, he's like a kid. Or in, in Leatherface's case, he's, you know, mentally maybe... They're intellectually disabled or something, right? Stunted. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Um, That you just, I'm not rooting against him, but I also can't root for him because I just want to be like, hey, just stop this. What are you doing? Just, you need to stop. Yeah, and you get shades of that in Texas Chainsaw too when she's like begging, hey, hey, you don't want to hurt me, right? And he, he, you know, so there, there is... He he doesn't want to kill. He is just made yeah. to, right? Um, it's almost out of fear or self-defense, right? Like, even the first movie, he's, like, nervous as fuck that people were in the house, right? Like, he, yeah. he is he's not happily aggressive. He's, like, freaking yeah. the fuck out. It's right? territorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think this one's pretty great. Um, so, if you go one, two, four, and then to stay, this is... Technically, the final movie in the main timeline. We're, We're gonna jump done, to yeah. now. No, the <laughs> Netflix. Netflix 2022 oh, Texas Chainsaw. Technically, does not omit any of the sequels. Could be the end to all these. Yeah, with these absolutely, and that's okay. what the filmmaker said. Like at this point, Leatherface has eluded capture for all these years, and he's just chilling. Where? Yeah. The 2022 <laughs> Netflix. So, hey, 2022 Netflix, you watch this one. <laughs> well, this is kind of the big one to talk about for me, in my opinion. Okay. Because this is like, we'll round I out mean, the prime timeline is... with it. This is what they wanted, Mike. Like this is it's again, it's not necessarily that these are the like original owners. It truly seems like because it's not Toby Hooper who's like, like, we we need to make it. He's dead. Unfortunately, I I should point that out. Um, So you're you're not getting any of the creative hands kind of returning. But the whoever owns this licensing to go, okay, Friday the 13th is in financial limbo. They -hmm. can't make more of those. Halloween is doing gangbusters. Might be talking about that this month, too. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we should try to emulate what they do. And now, Mike, that formula is, of course, these legacy sequels, which we've talked about that term before, Mm -hmm. but a film where it's like, what if you just like do a sequel to the good movies and the whole premise is you get the lead actors from then to return? But I looked it up. And I'm kind of feeling this when I'm watching the movie. They kind of can't get anyone to return from the original things. No. Because it's like everybody's dead. Yeah. Right? Like the, the they bring back Sally, final girl, but the actress has passed. They, so they have they just bring a new back actress. The character. The character. Yeah. So, so yeah, to, to compare and contrast this with like Halloween, obviously they did the legacy sequel where we get Laurie Strode versus Michael as an old lady. And I think they saw the success of that and were like, well, we'll just fucking do that. Uh, and Easy. That's, that's one of the elements that doesn't work for me in this. Oh, yeah. But it's it's terrible. <laughs> but there are things in this that echo the original, you know, such as a little bit of social commentary. You know, we have these kids coming from the big city. Don't California my Texas kind of gentrifying. And that, that's a joke, everybody. But gentrifying this, this <laughs> ghost town. 
and you know people like the old lady getting pushed out and like the locals aren't yeah. about it but you know we have these outsiders where they're not supposed to be and that's the setup for like a classic texas chainsaw movie right yeah um, now yeah uh, they're buying this dead town these bunch these of young hipsters these young influencers who have come to town with uh, investors on the way mm-hmm. they're like an hour ahead of them to fucking clean everything up you're gonna clean the entire town up, okay? That's that sounds great. like that sounds like uh, influencer planning levels. So, <laughs> yeah, how Jake long Bobby can it possibly take? I've never done shit. Yo, I bought a town, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but to to the trend you said this started. Now, um, uh, which one was the the third film you said was California? The third one's definitely filmed in California. Hundred percent. This. The, this film follows up with the 3D, which is it's the other film to shoot in. Or I'm sorry, not in 3D. The legacy of the 3D, which is that they make a prequel afterwards. That yeah. prequel and this one started trend of shooting in Bulgaria. Now, Very I think this just does not look like Texas at all, in my opinion. It looks like an Eastern Bloc rundown, like, Damn. I don't know, like scary place. I hadn't even realized they moved over there because I, I, it wasn't until I saw... Texas three. And I'm like, this is clearly the California desert. This is Lancaster. Fuck out of here. Right. Um, then I started paying attention. I had watched this prior. So that's interesting. Bulgaria now. And I think, yeah, I know you got a lot of tax credits in Georgia. Now you go to Bulgaria, but a Texas chainsaw movie to me, you know, I don't know if you know this, Colin, I've been to Texas, you know, you, <laughs> you should film it in Texas. That's part of the identity of it. Well, everything's bigger there, Mike. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, not the tax credits apparently. Um, Got him. Like, it's like you can't, you shouldn't do Lord of the Rings out of New Zealand, right? Well, you and I have seen X, right? Yes, uh, yes. A, a film that is very much trying to, I, I we've talked Actually, about yeah. this, but I, I think very much go like, I do see the beauty in what Texas Chainsaw Massacre was doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to clean up the aesthetics of that a little bit and do the same sort of commentary using the same elements. And that shot in New Zealand, Mike. Does that feel like Whoa, a Texas movie? That it, feels it's, more it's Texas to me than this Netflix movie, yes, for sure. For sure, yes. and it does feel like it's literally like a hokey Blazing Saddles movie set town that was just thrown up in Bulgaria yeah. somewhere. There's not much is way no. locales. So, um, I think just spiritually, like it's trying to do something with commenting on influencer culture. We have a main character who survived, you know, a school shooting. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I think that stuff, you know, we need to discuss trauma like that. And like yeah. the fact that youths today, I mean, my high school that I graduated, you know, had unfortunately a school shooting incident. I mean, it's all too fucking common. Jesus and Christ. So they have characters reflecting that because, yeah, it's a you've all like, you know, it's a fucking big deal. Um, and the original yes. movie was tackling issues. So I appreciate that they're at least bringing them up, you know, and that sometimes it's like, oh, Confederate flag. Like, yeah, we get it. We take that down. Um, well, the there's execution. not a lot of nuance, let's say, <laughs> yes, with the what nuance. they're trying to talk That's about. That's a great way to go. Yeah. So actually, the, there's no nuance at all, even with the violence. No. <laughs> But, but that's but to your point. So even the gentrification stuff where they're like, we got to take down that fucking old timey flag because fuck that racist shit. Yep. You're like, well, you're not even doing this well. Like you guys. Are no, like I agree with like you, assholes. but I'm also cringing like, in your execution. Yeah, exa- like, yeah the, you would have like figured out fifteen hundred different ways to do this other than like, I'm going to run in there and just fucking pull it down. And yeah. to your point of, yes, people in movies now because movies should always be talking about what's going on in the culture, should 
have a lot of characters in it that survived school shootings, unfortunately, because that is American culture. Yeah. But as I'm watching this and having that mental discussion in my head of like, ooh, I don't know. The point I came to was, yes, they should be. This is not the film where they should be doing that. Or the way you could. It's like a single cutaway. It's it's like, it's well, not, again, it's not subtle. But for, for the execution of the, the moral of the story, I guess, to be for her to overcome the trauma, she has to commit an act of violence and use a gun. I don't think that's a lesson we should ever be having or teaching anyone. It is wild. Like, I get a character arc standpoint because they set it up with the one local handyman, right? What do you yeah. mean you don't put your hands on it? Yeah, you ever shot <laughs> a gun? Like, no, I've been shot this at. That's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. But I, I, I see the character arc line, but I don't think that's the place to do it, you know? I don't know. Um, and again, lack of subtlety. I mean, the original movie, even the second one, there's not a ton and ton of gore. Like, they're pretty restrained, especially the very first tame. film. It's very, very tame. But then this, it's just like, I'm going to kill a whole bus of kids, and it's going to be gruesome. They're like cutting a lady in half, climbing out of a window, and her, you know, like, it, yeah. it's, it's blunt, let's say. And that's that's with the script writing and the visuals. But it does make an attempt to, like, let's look at some social shit. They just don't do a great job. But this would be the technical end of the prime timeline if you wanted to, but yeah. Yeah. And just a real quick notes on the leather face. Mm -hmm. You get the old man, Michael of it. He's supposed to be sort of a slower, but then revealed to kind of be a Python, right? Like mm -hmm. this deadly predator in waiting. Um, but you lose the makeup stuff. Um, he kind of doesn't have a great look, I would say, in general, because really they're kind of steering away from never kind of looking straight on at him. He makes a new mask. Mm -hmm. And then we should talk about this. An element of the first film that we didn't uh, mention. Yeah, they really did is rip sort off of, Michael Myers, <laughs> like car oh, crashes, murders he, happening in the car, yeah, like the, the, the Rob Zombie out, ones. Yep. The girl makes the call. She's horrified. Like that whole scene is shot for shot. Yeah. But the the scene in the original the first texas chainsaw of the sort of and kind of joker does this too if you think about it the balletic movements where you get him sort of like dancing by himself with the chainsaw mm -hmm. and the last shot of this netflix film mike being you know leatherface is back and he's sort of like feeling himself and it's kind of a very much like and he wins at the end spoiler alert again yeah. um, in a very crazy way that truly shocked me where i had to text you immediately yeah no that's i was like this is nuts that's wild and maybe one of the things i like just because it was so like holy hey, shit very much so and that lead actress is good and the Heads girl off got to killed i wanted to get killed so. yeah yeah i agree agree i'm yeah, glad the so one i was who like didn't finally this happened good unlived, but to, yeah. it, it ends very much in a we will get another one of these. And the the reception was not to where they will ever do this again. No. And again, people have been not knowing how to do Texas Chainsaw movies ever since Toby Hooper stopped. And the closest we've gotten <laughs> is four. But I think uh, to transition to the next timeline, sure. I think the reboot timeline yes. is actually quite good. I like these films. Yeah, me too. So, um, reboot timeline. Let's, uh, 2003, we get a reboot before 
the horror reboots are really a thing. Again, kind of setting the pace. It causes it. Yeah, it set, you just said it. it sets the pace. Yep, just like the original. So give it credit. They bring back the original DP. And again, this is a full reboot. We get Jessica Biel is, is our lead girl here. Um, uh, we get Arlie Emery is the father uh, of the family, Pop Sawyer. Um, and I think it's incredible. It, it's, yeah. it's this... It's the kind of movie that Rob Zombie wishes he could make. Yep. Like, it's what, in his head, it will turn out as. Yes. Because this it's, is... It's what he pitches. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Well, everything he's ever fucking done is because of Texas Chainsaw. He even hires Bill Mosley. You know what I mean? He's just yep. ripping off... Every every character in a Rob Zombie movie is ripped out of the dinner scene from Texas Chainsaw 1. That's all he can do. Anyway... Uh, this one, 2003 reboot, I think it's great. It's shot great. It's modernizing it, but it, same DP, so it looks awesome. Yeah, I love that. What do you think? Have you seen this one? It's, it's the, I have seen this one. It's the same director as my beloved Friday the 13th remake because they're like, oh, you ah, crushed it on that yeah. Texas Chainsaw. Just do that again. And mm-hmm. he like does it again. And, you're and that like, is a, oh, one of okay. the best Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. I, I would say that both these films do a very good job of not only capturing the spirit of the original – adapting it in a very modern sense of like look like we can make this thing fucking slick as hell the mm-hmm. 2000s we're gonna edit the shit out of it and that is very dated and that's fine but yeah. it, it makes me laugh and it makes me appreciate those kind of movies. yeah i think i think this one is is very 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 good um i think really it's like arlie emery man like like because in the original movie the cook is in the beginning and then she runs away from the house and meets the cook again, and then it's revealed, right? But in this, it's like, instead of the hitchhiker, we get a girl who was a victim, and then she kills herself in their van. And then and we have to horrifying. call this. Yeah, yeah it's horrifying. And, and different, but good. And then um, they call the sheriff, but, and the sheriff is played by Artley Emery, and so it turns out the sheriff is, you know, crooked on this. And the way he plays all these scenes... It's nuts. Like he is so Great. good. Just just as good as the original in, in numbers yes. one and two. Like he he lives up to the legacy, as does this film as a whole. Um and yeah, I think it's it's awesome. And Jessica Beal may have awoken something in me at a teenage age. <laughs> uh yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> but I Blade think she, three, baby. Blade three and sprinklers. But uh I know I think she's great, honestly, is uh uh, final girl here a little bit more gore uh, i yeah. highly recommend this one i think the reboot is great um which i don't really have much more to say it just feels the most resident evil 7 like even more than yeah. the original it's so gritty right yeah. um but have you seen the prequel to this which got greenlit the 2006 uh texas chainsaw massacre the beginning i was going into this podcast today going okay i'm gonna have to tell mike that i haven't seen any of the prequels got it i rectified that but i did not see this one got it okay well just quickly i think this is fucking great i really Really? think they crush it twice this has jordana brewster as our final girl so fast and the furious legacy and it is wild we get um it's more the origin of the Arlie Emery Sheriff. It's almost more he's the main villain, even more than Leatherface is. And it is awesome. Like, you see how he became the sheriff by, spoilers, killing the sheriff, right? 
And then he just assumes the role because no sure. one's going to fucking yeah. check in Who on would? him. Um, so so it, it's it's really good. Similar tone. Again, Jordana Brewster's awesome. Um, and the ending is is pretty shocking. So, um, yeah, wow. it's it's I think these two, the, the reboot timeline, you could watch the prequel first and then the reboot. I think that's a good way to do it. And I, I think these are valid, extremely valid. Damn. So nice right, work, we'll this mid-2000s. Uh, which that brings us to uh, what we're going to call tentatively the worst timeline of all. <laughs> we're <gonna> joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so did you see then this prequel, Leatherface? This is where the so, timeline begins. It's not yeah, the first movie that came out. Not canonically, yeah, or canonically. The, it came the out in 2017. One. It is yes. then followed by the original Texas Chainsaw events and then bookended with Texas Chainsaw 3D 2013. So this and came so, out in 2017, but it's technically was, the beginning. I was literally about to ask you what year this came out. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. this one fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, I did dude. watch this one today. Did you watch this? Yeah, I watched all of them again. And this one, I'm I'll sorry, give you my full sorry. ranking, but this is at the bottom. This is the bottom. This is dog sure. shit. Yeah. It's on Pluto TV. I threw this on at my office at work, Mike. I'm like mm-hmm. working away. Pluto has fucking commercials, so like every ten minutes it's stopping and starting. And the commercials are better than the movie. Well, (laughs) I thought that once. I was like, damn, Clorox, I do have to get (laughs) Yeah, bleach. I should get some and drink it. And drink it. There was a moment where I truly thought, can I mute it? Put on a podcast while I'm working, and then sort of just sort of like be looking at it and can I glean enough? But no, I kept it on and this is where I just assumed that all the prequels were bad. This is the cool thing I was hinting at earlier of um, that no other horror franchise does. Like this one at least takes the steps of like, let's fucking jump around the timeline. Who gives a shit? Like there's other opportunities here. Yeah. And I just assumed that both of them were bad, Mike, because this one is terrible. Yeah, no, this is terrible, but the 2006 one is good. I highly, Arlie Emery carries. He carries and George... Excuse me, Jordana Brewster, uh, Tuna No Crust. She does great. Um, so we have great final girls in, in the reboot and that prequel. But Leatherface, it's an origin of Leatherface. Leatherface and it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. We get basically the kids, the sons of the Sawyers, um, are they end up in a mental institution. And then it's like, who in this institution is actually going to turn out to be Leatherface? And they they break out, you know, their mom or aunt comes and there's a whole breakout scene and there's a bunch of these different... There's a, a dim-witted heavy kid. It's like your red hair. Sort of like is trailing with him the whole time and you're like, oh, of course, this is Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And they've got this excuse, Mike, where it's like, and we gave you all different names so you wouldn't be tied to your evil your family here in this orphanage. Yeah, your criminal So you past. don't know which character is which from the childhood jump to like 10 years later thing that they do. Yeah. And it's essentially a Bonnie and Clyde duo. Yep. A good guy and this slow-witted kid. And you're like, hmm, okay, so who's going to be Leatherface here? Yeah. And I think it's pretty obvious just based on how, like, storytelling's going to go. Where you're like, well, it's going to be this fucking nice guy who gets fucked up and becomes a dimwit, I guess. I, I yeah, know it's not it's a nice like, thing to say, but, you know. No, yeah, it's like they they 
kind of pull pull a fast one, and then in the last like five minutes, everything comes together. Oh, and then ah. he gets shot through the mouth, and he's got to have stitches, and he, I guess he gets brain damage too. And, and now he's somehow, got, yeah, yeah. And then the family's telling him use a chain. I don't know. It's it's bad. And take your chainsaw, boy. It's so the mom's kind of the villain of this film. You made your mom proud when when he murders somebody. Yeah. So again, that that shows that like he's pressured by the family, but the way the character is presented, I don't buy it. And the way I view Leatherface, I don't think he's ever been outside of the house. <laughs> you know, he's never been to a mental institution. Like that's not no. part of that origin of no. Gunnar Hansen's. No. Oh, Leatherface. So this is totally subtractive. And I don't he's a homebody. It. He's, is, he's a severely wounded predator who yeah. was like the wolf pup you raised, but is like now too big to hand. Or yeah, you know, Mike, we've talked about this. He only the listens old, to one person, this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The woman who had a fucking chimp in her house, that old lady, and got her fucking face ripped off mm-hmm. when we were talking about Gordy's home. Yeah, fucking, yeah. That shit happens. He that is a leather face. Yeah, this is not. This is terrible. No, this is this is Bulgaria again, Mike. This is <sighs> this is made for what do you think? Ten dollars? Yeah, right. This 10 is American this is, dollars. What if Rob Zombie's Halloween, like the whole first act of like, where did Michael come from? It, it's worse than that. For and a 2017 longer. movie, it has the early 2000s aesthetic. And I would argue that the Jessica Biel one doesn't. No, no, no. It has a little bit of fast editing and stuff. It is yeah. a little 2003, but it's still awesome. Um, so, yeah, this one sucks. Don't watch it. Then, apparently, this kid grows up into our classic leather face. 74 happens. And then another we're in the bad timeline texas chainsaw 3d 2013 this is also on hbo so you can watch one good one and one terrible one actually don't even watch this one uh did you watch this one you like 3d okay pitch me on it pitch pitch the listeners um alexandra daddario of course is our lead actress you've seen her in a billion things Mm -hmm. um she's fine it it has that same sort of well her name is heather (laughs) heather uh, it, it has that energy of, well, it 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 kind of attempts the bait and switch that the first one does of what I called the multi-genre-ness of it, where you are getting a lot of story happening in short times, but I, I don't know. I like the I like the douchebag characters, the 2012 <laughs> idiots that inhabited it. I, I don't know. It it is wild. I'm a sexy thief. Let me in your car. You know what I we you know what I put in my notes here. Yeah, this is trick or treat motherfucker level. Like this is yeah. Halloween insurrection. Like it is yeah. absurd. It, yes, and yes. and goofy and not good, but. There is some good the, times to be had with it. it. Do your yes. thing, cuz. <laughs> I was literally about to say, my, yeah. the, the Coolio, is it Coolio? But yeah, yeah. Whoever does or uh, karate. Thank you. Yep, God, yep. I've been mixing them up. Freddie Harris. Yeah. Rest in peace, Coolio. <laughs> rest in peace, Coolio. The Buster Rhymes doing karate to Michael moment mm-hmm. is do your thing cuz where she slides him the chainsaw i laughed so fucking hard watching that moment this time and it does have that drive angry 3d the the dumbass 3d effects where you get like the the moments where he throws a chainsaw at the screen and any practical chainsaw disappears in like the worst uh-huh. cgi chainsaw you've ever seen just like spirals at yep. you it's it's hilarious the opening logo like meat and it like does collapses in front of you like oh 3d logo right um 
Yeah, there's fun to be had here because it's really cheesy. But if this is, I can't remember what year it's set, but like, if this character is a cousin of Leatherface, that's what we find out. She's she's inheriting a house. Her grandmother dies. She's going to go inherit the the yeah. old house, right? But it's like you should be like forty years old. Like this is set in the two thousand. Yes. Even if it's set in the nineties, you should be like thirty. These people are in their early twenties, so that's. Oh, that doesn't make any who sense. Who cares about time? But who cares about that anyway? But yeah, there is weird fun. Well, what to be year had is Leatherface? The the seventies? Is that when that's supposed to be? Well, the, the original incident happens in nineteen seventy three in Canon. Nineteen seventy three is when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happens, and the movie I feel like is they're released not very in seventy four. In that prequel? No, no, no. They're in Bulgaria. The one good yeah, thing about Leatherface is when they push that wheelchair out the window. <laughs> that's the only yes. thing that got me. I was like, that's that fucking true. wild. That is the cousin moment of that film. Right, right. Um, did you stay for the post-cred scene of this film? Oh, you know I didn't, dude. It, now what is you it, know please? I did because <laughs> imagine Colin getting a little more high after watching this uh-huh. one like midnight on like a Sunday. <laughs> and I'm listening to, I think it's Smashing Pumpkins cover like the Sweeter the Meat, like that song that plays over the credits with like yeah. the closer the bone, the sweeter yeah. the meat. And I'm like, this is fucking nuts. And I'm watching go by cuts to black comes up the abusive step parents ch- follow up on alexandra daddario heather to see how she's doing to see what she's been up to how oh. her grandmother's house is knock on the door saying like oh if i knew this place was nice then maybe i would have taken her here and they're you know coming up right door opens we don't see it you just hear a chainsaw they scream cut to black huh. i was like what huh there, there is so we we did touch on something <laughs> earlier about how like you kind of sympathize with Leatherface, right? And and if <laughs> any horror villain deserves a face turn, it might be him. Yes. And he is a murderer, so you know keep that. Him yeah. and Jason, yeah, yeah, him and Jason, yeah, they're kind of sympathetic. But um, it is interesting that she lies. Like we get the Leatherface face turn. He becomes yeah. a good guy in this, and then she just yeah. agrees. You know what? I'm going to live in my grandma's house and take care of Leatherface for the rest yeah, of my easy life. Enough. He might have killed wow. all of my friends, but I'm going to live with this guy. You know, it's, it's you know what? bizarre. You got a thing that's going to work and this place is great real estate. And you're like, I do understand that. They should have put Jordan Brewster in this because it's all about family. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> that's what she chooses. She chooses family. Her and Leatherface. Can we get Vin to play Leatherface in a movie? He's not tall enough. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You know who is real quick? What? Tyler Maine would have been mumbling. great. He would have been great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not as aggressive as Michael was, but he would have been. Oh, the guy who gets dremeled. That's the guy who Tyler Maine kills for the boiler suit. Remember when he kills that guy in the bathroom? The big dude? Yes. That's the guy in Texas Chainsaw 3. Ken Foray. Oh, who okay. gets dremeled. Yeah. But anyway. That's crazy. Tyler Maine would be good. But uh, back to um, 3D. It's got like, yeah, trick or treat motherfucker or like Paul Rudd beating up Michael Myers with a steel pipe energy. Like it's that that's that of the franchise. So if you just want two fun things at a party or, you know, the three party ones, Chainsaw 2, Chainsaw 4, Chainsaw 3D. Just put those on in the background at a party and you'll be good. A burned up Dr. Loomis should have been in this movie unexplained, but he should have yeah. been chasing Leatherface. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Dr. Loomis, cinematic universe, he just tracks down the killers. Freddy, what are you doing? Every film, no, forget John Larroquette. Every film should start with Donald Pleasant's going like, 
I'm chasing him because of this thing he did. He's like Van Helsing. Yes, he yeah, is. Just for all of the franchise. Jason for is a misunderstood boy. Jason, you don't want to do yes. this. Oh, that'd be You're incredible. You're just a froggy boy. I'm, I'm here for the Pleasant Universe. wait the 14th, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man, that's great. But wow. I, I guess that, that covers all of the main Texas Chainsaw movies. Um, maybe Wait. we want to get to a final segment yes. where we kind of will we'll rank, wrap it up, and talk about maybe some of the other things that have been inspired by this franchise. Uh, and, yeah, what ones we recommend watching and skipping. We'll recap that all right after this. We're back here in Texas. That's right. Talking yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, <laughs> we didn't yeah. say this, but in the first film, Chain and Saw are separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not supposed to be. Nope. That was a mistake Toby Hooper made. But for copyright reasons, it really worked out for him. He ended up being able to hold the license a lot easier because he was like, I made it a thing. So He got too high, typed a space bar. <laughs> and <laughs> I history guarantee is made. you that is what happened. <laughs> Oh, saw, yeah. Oh, um, damn it. <laughs> you delete the chain and you have a whole other franchise, too. Um, yeah. We've not talked about. But uh, so, Texas Chainsaw. Texas Saw. saw. You're, you're talking about Texas Saw. Texas Saw, yeah. Oh, man, the Texas Do Saw. Do you want to play a game, y'all? Y'all want to play a game? <laughs> Incredible. We got that big football game in uh, Texas Chainsaw, too, anyway. so um, oh, So good. So, these movies, right? We just talked kind of the whole mm. franchise. Um, let, let's do... A recap of the watches and the skips, right? Chainsaw yeah. one and two, watch three, skip four, watch uh, reboot and the prequel of the reboot, watch Leatherface, skip and 3D watch. So actually, there's only two skips in the entire franchise. You're giving 3D watch after all. We can be split on. Do your thing, cuz. Do your thing. It, 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 it has that energy of like the weird one. Right. It has snakes on a plane energy where people are just like, what is this? Some kind of Texas chainsaw massacre? You're yeah. Like, yeah. And like Leatherface is just in the basement, like still. I don't know. It's it's yeah. weird. But that that's the goofy one that you can have. Yes. And you make fun of it while you watch it. Right. Yes. Uh, so Goofier than the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Way. Goofy. The second one's competently goofy. This one is yes. incompetently goofy. <laughs> yes. uh, so there's only two skips in the franchise. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention a couple of weird things like. In the reboot, uh, I advocate for them, but I don't like that they change the family name to Hewitt. Strange. Like, just keep it with the Sawyers, you know, Why again. would you? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, even in the, the worst timeline, they change Leatherface's name to Jedediah. They call him, like, Bubba <laughs> in, in the yeah. uh, original. You know, it's like, why are we changing name? Like, it's Sawyer. It's the fucking Sawyers. It's Michael Myers. It's not Michael Schneider. In it's the next easy. one, right? It's it's a brand. It's a brand name. And when they get away from the brand name, it frustrates me a little bit. But the reboots are still good. So I'm all in a, on the Sawyer kind of family. And yeah, final thoughts before ranking. Like this series is at its best when it's it's about the family. And this this group of, quote, backwoods people who you just happen to come across at a bad time. It's not about the chainsaw. And the third movie has... The saw is family, like engraved on the, like they're really trying to make the chainsaw the star, but it it works best when it's a a family affair, Fast and Furious, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, yeah. Like we said with the muddled uh, messaging before, I think there's a reason now I see in my mind why you wouldn't call a Friday the 13th movie Jason. I know Jason X exists, but just mm-hmm. Jason or just Michael. I don't really yeah. like just Leatherface. I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and, you know, blueprint wise, I don't know how you couldn't just look at the first one and go like, well, let's just ally ourselves as close to this as possible. Yeah, it's just wrong place, wrong time. And it's a fucking crazy situation that you could end up in, right? And to be fair, they're trespassing, so those murders are completely justified. Hey, you in know, Texas? R- in, right? Castle law, baby. <laughs> with, with the standard You're coming right law, for us. I am allowed to go outside and cut a person in two with my chainsaw if I feel threatened. It's my property, you know? <laughs> it's shit. As long as I am on my property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's that's an interesting way to look at it, too. I never even thought about that. Uh, even Texas Chainsaw 2, they are trespassing on the Sawyer's little... Uh, Texas Battleland, whatever that theme park yeah, is. Yeah, and then they fall in like the dungeon. So then they're just, you can't just. Get but it's out. still their property. If they own it. Underground lair. Wild. They have that hallway where they just set up the families and dioramas, the skeletons yeah. of their victims and dioramas with little lamps and Christmas lights. What a wild series. Um, but yeah, it should be about the family. And, the, and when they try to focus too much on Leatherface, it's no good. And again, we talk. I think the dinner scene is the real prove it moment for any of these. I love that take. Yeah, and and I think the best two are in the first two movies. First one's horrifying. The second one is disturbing in its own way. The grandpa can't even hold the hammer. Right? It's like it, it has its own kind of merit. Um, and then Mike Pearl, these the sequel tags has a insane dinner scene and i'm now seeing that he has clearly just been drawing from that first you, film you like saw you're, you're so right dead on yeah it, and it's you would adore it I, I wanted to get to see it before this because i guess this would be a good time to switch over but yeah the dinner scene is to prove it because it's about that dynamic and that's why matthew mcconaughey all right all right like that's one of the most unhinged Four ones works. we ever get you said it yeah um and the other ones that are less high up there's some decent ones in the reboot, but uh, I want to talk about like X and Pearl because I'm very excited about that. That's a prequel um, to X. Um, again, very inspired. We're get one by, more. We are getting another one. It seems like now, yes. I love this universe, and I'm glad because I watched X a couple months ago, and it got me really thinking about Texas Chainsaw again and how underappreciated it is. But it's not that it's underappreciated. I think it's misunderstood by both filmmakers and audiences, and you need to kind of be educated on how to interact with the series. Like, what are you looking for? You're not looking for a kill count. Jason, you know, Leatherface kills like less than five people in every single movie. You know, it's not a body count thing. It's, it's a family dynamic and a character dynamic thing. And to see X capitalizing off that. And then now Pearl, like if you said it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to see it. I'll probably go see it uh, this weekend. I'm very, very excited to see more of things taking inspiration from this. Um, Mike, for our uh, YouTube followers, which you should be checking out, mm-hmm. Army listeners, uh, show off your awesome uh, shirt. Yeah, so I have this uh, Japanese uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt. Jesus and it's, Christ. Uh, all the original, you know, Gunnar Hansen and the original imagery. It's very cool. Got it in Little Tokyo. I figured this is perfect for the show. And uh, my spooky season Texas Chainsaw shirt. So... Does it have on it the greatest tagline of all time? Who will survive and what will be left of them? Right here. Who will survive and Dog. what will be left of them? Yeah. And it's the the marketing. I mean, that's 
That's the best tagline I've ever heard. And they did the whole based on true events thing, kind of like they set it up that way. They don't explicitly yeah. say it, but they the again Toby Hooper stoned out of his mind. <laughs> he might have thought this massacre. did happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> sort of. So yeah, you get that opening crawl. It's iconic, right? Um, and a lot of horror movies would steal that for marketing based on a true story. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I'm realizing the don't trailer from Grindhouse, you know, that parody mm-hmm. trailer, don't go in don't. the woods, is yeah. clearly a parody of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre par- trailer. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I- again, just don't go in that house, right? Nope. Don't. What like, happened is a true story. Yeah. Yeah, and like Jordan Peele, like, we just say nope. You know, hey, we're nope. going to go to that house? Nope. Nope. <laughs> problem solved right um but i do want to talk there's a couple little things like like x and pearl that that yeah. i think have correctly borrowed from or been inspired by this and, and there's a couple of random things I, I did mention rob zombie his whole career is a facsimile of texas chainsaw massacre he's built his whole brand off of it you know um, sometimes more successful than others, like House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil Rejects. Like there's, you know, we rag on him because his Halloween movies suck, but he, he can do some stuff. But it's I all like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, Lords of Salem, but it's all Texas Chainsaw DNA. And that's fine. A lot of people make a whole career off of Halloween DNA. You know what I mean? So do what you do. But one of the most interesting ones that I thought of was, have you seen the movie Nothing But Trouble with Dan Aykroyd? Mike. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. When I just said that basement lair thing, I was like, ooh, uh-huh. in my wrap up, I'm going to recommend Nothing But Trouble to Mike and ask him if he's seen that. Yes. Again, not Toby Hooper, but that is a film that has this energy. You're it's so right. so this energy. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, corrupt police, right? Before the Arlie Emery Scary angle. skeletons. Scary <laughs> skeletons. They, they call it, uh, the judge is coming, you know, in Texas Chainsaw 2. Like, we get the judge. Uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd. fucked up family. And we get yuppies, right? Like very Texas Chainsaw 2, like these city folk uh, coming in where they shouldn't, you know, where they don't belong. Uh, but 100% more Tupac uh, and Digital Underground in that one. So uh, so it's a weird dark comedy too, but it has that very... That movie fucking sucks. Dude. I love that movie. Come on. Mike, that movie fucking sucks. That's a guilty pleasure movie. I like yeah. it. I like it because it's so Texas Chainsaw. You know what I mean? Yes. I like this take. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so it's one of the things that was done. And then obviously... We said wrong turn, Hills Have Eyes. Like, even the remake of Hills Have Eyes, I think, is successful. It sucks when you get a sequel to the thing you actually like. Like, let's say the last Halloween movie, Evil Dies Tonight, which Mm -hmm. maybe on this podcast we didn't like. They had a guy go out a window, but he wasn't in a wheelchair. (laughs) Points out. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) But then when you get something like it, like Malignant, you're like, oh, thank God someone's doing this. So to your point, the X's of the worlds, the yep. pearls of the worlds, the other stuff, the fact that somebody's trying to do a video game of this too, did you see that? Yeah, that they're that's doing right. one of those isometric team-based, you know, horror games that they do now. I am so excited for this. And I'm glad you brought it up because I watched a little bit of literature on it. Read whatever. We call our listeners watchers <laughs> and our watchers readers. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so um, it's fascinating because it's it's – it's not um, balanced, right? It's it, like yeah. Dead by Daylight. It's one murderer, which Leatherface has been in Dead by Daylight. He's been in Mortal Kombat, right? But that's one oh, killer. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, that's one killer versus a bunch of survivors. This is three killers versus four survivors. So you can play yeah. the family. You get to play You're as the Drayton, family. the cook. You can play as the hitchhiker. You can play as Leatherface. And they all got different powers. Like I said, 
The series is at its best when it's about the family. You get Chop Top and Drayton and Leatherface and you get the Hitchhiker all in here. It, it seems promising that it is 3v4, um, you know, where yeah. they have different skills and stuff. We're going to we'll do our end of the year spooktacular where we just kind of talk about the horror stuff. We enjoyed all October long as you listen to the mm-hmm. rest of our spooky episodes. But uh, I'll headline one of my points and say I've been playing the Evil Dead game, Mike. It fucking sucks, dude. And it's one of those four versus one. And I don't like that. When I read the interesting style this one's doing, I was like, oh, maybe they've figured it out. Yeah, I think I love the idea of a 3v4. Because, again, that's what it was in the original movie. The hitchhiker sets him up and marks the van. Then, oh, we don't have any gasoline. Do you want to buy some barbecue, by the way? It's human. And then... Leatherface is in the house and it's for me. Oh, we're all working together, right? I'll pick her up in the car. If she escapes, we'll come down, right? So, so that's very fucking cool. I uh, hope it's scary. good. Yeah. I, who would you want to be in that game? Which, which villain uh, would you most want to play? I, I love Chopped Up. And yeah. then did you see um, <laughs> post the sequel, there was an attempt to make a solo Chopped Top film that was like his adventures in Nam and then leading up to the second film. Supposedly they shot it all in the year 2000, Mike with the original actor and it hasn't been released just because of rights issues. Whoa. Is that all American massacre? Is that what that was? All, yes. That, that is what I know called. there was a canceled project. And what an amazing title. Wow. No, that would have been incredible. And I do love chop, uh, you know, chop top as a character. I, w- I would love to see that. Hopefully rights issues get cleared. That's one prequel that I would be into. Um, yeah, but who you plan as? You plan as Leatherface? No, you I, plan as the cook. I was going to say Hitchhiker, too. I kind of like, really? like how weird that character is. Yeah, but yeah. I, Leatherface would be cool, too, but I think that's too obvious. I would, I'd be down to play the Hitchhiker. No, we're both in a chop top, man. Yeah, very, very disturbing scene for that, but interesting stuff. Shall we rank these? Or you know, yeah. do, do you have a ranking of the ones you've seen? Definitely. Yeah, let's do so, that. So um, I'll leave three, and I will leave off... What what is the prequel just called? For Leatherface. The tw- to it, that one's oh, just called Leatherface. That one's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre: Cole in the Beginning. The beginning. <laughs> yeah, I had to say the whole title. That is one of those films where you just like, no way does that exist, but it does. It's good too. Um, yes, I will go and say two is my favorite because that one I can really stomach it. You can watch it at any time. It doesn't have to just be spooky season. Mm. If you want a comedy, you can throw that on too. I think that's so fun. It's maybe not in the spirit of the franchise just because it's disproportionately outweighed by all these sort of like attempts at figuring out what the franchise are. But I don't think that counts. I think it's cooler that it's going with the original director and Toby Hooper's the man. Yeah. And get stoned and watch it. That's what he would have wanted. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. Then I'll go one. Then I will go. Boy, I did like four so much. I'm. I'm going to go 3D over it, but just a little, again, for the camp factor. Wow, the camp's that high. Then I'm going to go four. Just right there with it. I swear to God. So Incredible. good. Then I'll go 2013, or um, 2003. What's the Jessica Biel one? That's the reboot, 2003, yep. And that is just, is that just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or is it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It and again, is. I think Chainsaw is together is the difference, right? Yeah, Chainsaw is together. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one word. Okay, five. Um, Then I'll go Netflix. (laughs) At that point, we're like diminishing returns, right? (laughs) So that's my seven, uh, but I'm excited to hear your nine. Yeah, yeah. I like you going number two because one, man, like 
it can be hard to stomach like that last act. Like, I think you have to be in the mood to watch the first Texas Chainsaw it, Massacre. It's 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 an education. Like you're learning, but it's it's not easy. Um, and it's been accused, you know, of like, oh, this is like exploitative of violence towards women, right? Because like that survivor goes through a lot of terrible shit, and it's hard to sit through. And her performance is so visceral, like it it is uncomfortable. It's also a masterpiece, right? So it's my number one, but it, it, you, you have to be ready for it, right? Because it's it's not like anything else in the franchise. You had to be ready going in, but number one. Then Texas Chainsaw 2. Then the reboot is my number three. The prequel to the reboot is my number four. Then Next Generation. Then, you know, Netflix, 3D, Chainsaw 3 with the Dremel, and the shittiest one, Leatherface, yeah. Wow. So Leatherface 3 almost at the bottom and Leatherface at the bottom. Again, that kind of shows you where, where your interests in the series are. Not with Leatherface. Yeah, that's, I didn't even realize that, yeah, that's the technical title of 3 is Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3. So, yeah, those are at the bottom. But um, I was surprised how high up uh, the reboots got. Uh, yeah. as right behind 1 and 2. They're, they're yeah. right there. 1, 2, 3, 4. Original, original, reboot, reboot. Like That's great. Look at that. Good job rebooting those things. And then we go back to uh, Next Generation for some some camp, you know? All right, all right, all right. Have, <laughs> have you seen, like, uh, Last House on the Left? I, I haven't. I haven't, but I had it listed as something inspired vaguely by my understanding. Or even you saying Hills Have Eyes. The, my, you know, my horror tastes just do not go disgusting. I'm, I'm going to bust some final thoughts on you here real quick yeah, and yeah. say, you know, I'm for our YouTube viewers, I'm wearing hey. my horror franchise, Evil Another Dead Another chainsaw. <laughs> And that's the thing. Mike, my hero and my favorite horror film uses the same weapon. I said earlier, I'm scared of it and I find it disgusting. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it. I don't know. I don't know. It's this double-edged chainsaw to mm-hmm. me where nice. on one hand, I'm so scared of them. On the other, that's the point. Like it is a good tool for horror because it, it is weird that we have this thing that can just destroy you basically. So, so you're Dennis Hopper. You have one chainsaw in yes. each hand. One is fear and one is po- empowerment. Right? <laughs> There's so many sparks just shooting yeah. all over the place. Mike. Wild. Um, and I, you just reiterated why that one is my favorite one. By the way, <laughs> thank you. When he's buying those chainsaws, mind for the second. And that old man Dennis, cannot believe it. Oh. Can you imagine to him him saying to his kids, "You want to see horror movies," and and not showing them Blue Velvet, showing them fucking Texas Chainsaw Two, number two. Um, I this is a misjudge the book cover. This is one where I should have come to this sooner, and mm. I think that the turnoff is that stuff. I wonder if I should check out Hills Have Eyes and uh, Last House on the Left and see if there is something that I can get out of. What you rightfully called, what has been called trashy, misogynistic horror. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's just not the case with this one, though. It was made by such a progressive person. And I, I really do feel that. And yeah. it's not subtle. Like, you, when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, my, like, the whole state is personified by these people fighting these others like the hippies disabled people people of color Progressive like literally things yeah. <laughs> yes and you know now in our daily life where what texas has become where it is just in the news every day for how it treats people 
Like, it, I mean, it just could not have resonated more, Mike. I really mean that. I'm really glad we fucking finally got around to this franchise, dude. Likewise, so, likewise. Amazing. I, no, no. And hopefully Jacob will get back from that farmhouse he was checking out uh, next week. <laughs> but um, it, it is weird. It God, why did we pick up that hiker that took Joe? <laughs> yeah, why did we why do why that, did we that? Um you're right, though. There, there, there's something that this franchise can do, and I think a lot of horror directors generally are, are you know, more progressive or you know, left leaning. You know, and there's commentary. You know, sci-fi too. You know, we, we we put commentary, and the villains are the ones who are resistant to change or outsiders or you know what I mean. Uh, so it's it's pretty explicit that you know, yeah, there's a, a abuse happening to the heroines, right? But obviously, it's not advocated and. No. I think the way they treat the trauma she experiences on the other side in the back of that truck, that's that's real. That's Jesse and Breaking Bad. And you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's treated so honestly that it like you you feel it. Right. So I, I think um, everything that they're trying to do is valid and it shouldn't be like, oh, this movie's just fucking, yeah, torture porn. Right. You know, it's like it's not this isn't Eli Roth. Right. This is someone who has no. a message. Right. You just yeah, have to be I able to stomach it. it. It's going to make you yeah. uncomfortable, right? And that's the point. Um, and that's what Toby Hooper created with this genre. Um, and it, it has sometimes strayed into the exploitative path, you know, by less, in lesser hands, you know. The people who learn the lessons are the Eli Ross who make Hostel and go like, oh, yo, to scare people? Like, I can just show them, like, some fucked up shit and, like, fucking people getting, like, fucking fucked up and shit. Yeah. like, dude. That's, that's not the point. Like, relax. There's that's like not no the point. Blood. Yeah. But then you get something like X or Pearl and you're like, you understood the assignment. So, um, listeners, you should understand the assignment when going into the Texas Chainsaw universe. That it's, it's a lot of things. Um, stupid is not one of them when it, when it shines. Um. And yeah, just just give it a chance if you haven't. It's it's a lot different, and I think in the modern era, it's the less it's the lesser of all franchises. It has the least legacy, but it was sadly it was first. And I I think Texas Chainsaw One is better than Halloween One. Hot take. <laughs> wow, that is a hot take. I'm I not know. there yet. That's sizzling. <clears throat> let me let me ask you, sizzling, sizzling, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, the lover of this franchise. Thank you. We got this movie this year. Came out in 2022. <sighs> okay, we got one this year, Mike. It's mm-hmm. like you can't, you know, in February. Uh, sometimes good timing. You know, well, but like, yeah, <laughs> just Jesus, hold it till now, you idiots. Straight to Netflix. You know why? Why not? You just like, <laughs> all the choices you make. Yeah, yeah. But you sort of get these football fan reactions, right? Where. You can have a season where you're doing great, and then literally the next day you can be like, we haven't done good in a while. What's with these bums? You know, like, we need to do that, and you can sort of micromanage. Now, how, what do you say to that where it's like, what is the future of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in your mind as far as films go? Is it a TV show? Do they go the Chucky route from here out after sort of, you know, I, again, I'm going to say a failure. I don't have those metrics. It's not like Netflix was like, right. yo, blah, blah. I looked it up. It was number two in their top 10 for two weeks after its release. What does that mean? I don't yeah. know. And, and a lot of there's you also get the fucking go woke, go broke fucking bros out on this oh, one. And yeah. you hate that. You fucking hate that. So there's a little <laughs> bit of that, too. What are you talking about? It's like, do you know, have you seen the original movie? Like, what side are you on? Anyway, um, 
I think if they're going to do a TV show, it would have to be called, you know, fucking Sawyers. And it's just them living and killing people. And it's like Dexter. Like, how long can they evade the law? But in Canada, the Sawyers of Texas. Now that's and it's like animal. Or it's named uh, after the restaurant or something. Right. Yeah. That's interesting, Mike. Yeah. So you do that as TV show. But I think what you do is like you said, there's Texas is the news all the time. And we get, again, memes. Don't California my Texas. Like. That that environment is ripe for a prime story of these Texas, you know, these tech bros from fucking Seattle, Google and shit up up in San Francisco, Silicon Valley going down there to gentrify. Like they could have done it better than with influencers. Mike, the story you do now, if I was a fucking Hollywood screenwriter and I had the pulse where I was like, yo, I can get someone in the Texas Chainsaw people to see this. You do a person fleeing Texas to get an abortion who has to break down partway through it Damn. and gets chased by fucking Leatherface. Damn. And the cops don't help. The state of Texas does not help. That's fucking crazy. That, yeah, something like that. And, you know, you could throw them in a Tesla that runs out of battery. Right. You know, and it's, there's, there's ways to I'll update never it. get over it. If anything, now is another time for maybe a complete reboot where, where you get... The same deranged cannibal family, they're just they're just doing it now. And and we look at the social issues of now and what's facing this country. You know, obviously, you know, violence in schools and shit is pretty wild. You know, maybe that's how Leatherface became traumatized. Who the fuck knows? Not to use they, tragedy as a you know benign <laughs> no. story point, but like there there's things you can do. Um, and that's what this franchise should be doing instead of just, you know gore exploitation like let's let's tell a yeah let's ask questions about how we live in this country and you know i don't know maybe they've done that twice before we argued successfully but i i just wonder if an audience would show up for a third reboot i don't know doesn't really have the name brand again so tell your friends to watch these at least the good ones because i think yeah it's missed like 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 leatherface himself you know He's just misunderstood, as Arlie Emery said it in the reboot prequel. But it's like, this franchise is misunderstood, and I think it deserves some more love, just like Leatherface. Just give him a little more love. If he would have been raised by Ash, if Ash was his dad and they were chainsaw buddies, he would have turned out as a swell young man working at Esmar. He'd been very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> he would have loved it. It would have been great. <laughs> Pushing carts around with give his mask me the, on. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> give me the buddy comedy where Leatherface and Ash have to team up and fight a bunch of deadites. Ooh, if you could like do <laughs> a Freddy versus Jason style, who would you pit a Leatherface versus? I guess Ash. Ash would be the coolest. You pit him against Ash, and then they become yeah. allies, and then they take turn down on the, the family. Together. They turns Ash. on his abusers. It's okay. perfect. So face turn okay. him for real. So the family is whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the Kandarian demon, the main spirit, does possess the father. And like from there, he is pulling the strings. And it is like fully like, I got to kill your dad. You know, and Leatherface is like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They have a duel. I'm there. That's awesome. (laughs) Maybe Dennis Hopper. (laughs) Also, please, someone out there. Make a video of Donald Pleasance <laughs> hunting the other serial killers because now I will never get over that idea. I, I gotta think it's start so rotoscoping good. every shot of him out 
just so I can recycle it. <laughs> well, luckily, but but only burned up Donald Pleasant. Yeah. I only want the one from the one film where he's because I was gonna say it's a lot easier to rotoscope that scene where he stands in front of a house for three acts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> Oh, I had so much fun watching all those Halloween films last year. Mike, I had so much fun watching almost all the Leatherfaces here. I'm going to track down that that other prequel. Um, Yeah, it's worth it. Listeners, we hope you're so excited for spooky season. We said before we're going to take the month off from our our usual Star Trek watch at the end of the year. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, we're going to knock out some, some pretty good horror episodes like we usually do. I think we're pretty excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And Colin, you always do beginning, uh, you know, this is coming out uh, October 4th. You always do uh, one horror movie per day, all October, correct? That's correct. I'm going to follow in your footsteps after watching. 31 days. Why not? I did nine of these. I know there's uh, another franchise in the works, um, the Jacobs pitching, so I can get started on the first with that. But I'm going to watch one horror movie a day. All through October, wow. uh, just like my hero, Colin. Hey, thanks, buddy. All right, yeah. listeners, 31 <laughs> days of Halloween. You do it, too. Log them. Let us know on a list, you know, what day each film. Shoot that over to us uh, on all our socials, at normies underscore like underscore us. We'd love to see that. Leave a comment there. Go like, yo, I watch this, this, this. I got a Shutter subscription this year. I'm checking out the new stuff. I'm watching the old stuff like Texas Chainsaw for the first time. We want to hear all that fucking shit. Hit us with all your recommendations, please. And check us out at the YouTube where we keep plugging. Uh, you can watch us along. Heck yeah, man. You know, stay safe. Stay spooky. Thanks for listening to uh, a madman's ramblings on Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've been your hosts. This is, um, hmm, I'm going to go more family-oriented. I guess like I guess just like Colin Sawyer, I guess. <laughs> I'll go the way you suggested them. I'll say Mike her face. <laughs> I hardly know her face. <laughs> I'll put it on. Yeah, all right. Bye. Bye. Vroom, vroom. Even the weapon runs on gasoline. <gasps> Commentary. <laughs> Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.